Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message.
one just little misstep. Breaking the ankles all the way down, all the way down to the bottom. Yeah. We got one more, maybe. Oh, no, start over. So, yeah, so like, if you walk distracted, especially like, on your phone, that could be really bad. Like, you can get really hurt, you could hurt somebody else, and then it ends up on the internet. Right? Well, all of us have thought about your expense, right? There's a thing called a, a pedestrian, right? It's a real thing, Google. Pedestrian. It's someone who is distracted while walking because of being on their phone. If you look, there was one study from 2015, between 2011 and 2000, the year 2000, there were 11,000 injuries because people were walking distracted while on their phone. 11,000. And, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to throw shade, but you know, more than half of them were 40 and younger. Come on guys, let's get it together. I'm in that, I'm not in that area there, on the very far end of that, but I'm almost out of that. Out of that. Um, almost 80% of distracted walkers suffered injuries due to falls. Like, it's a real like, issue, it's a real problem. Like, distracting, being distracted. When our focus is not where it needs to be, like, it can cause some problems, right? And there's sometimes that, if we're really honest, and I wish we would be, that we live distracted. Yeah. Think about the times that we are living in. There's all kinds of distractions that are out there around us, or sometimes we're so busy, sometimes uh, things happen, life happens, and we get distracted, sometimes we go through issues, sometimes we have our past, sometimes we go through hurts and, and pains and, and, and worries and frustrations, oh, there's all, we just list so many things that distract us in this life. Many of us, we get distracted from the things that God is wanting to do in us and through us. There are some things in our life that keep us from hearing God and encountering his presence. It might be people. People can distract us. It might be uh, sin in our life. It doesn't need to be there. It might be temptations. It can be struggles. It can be worries. It can be fears. It may even be good things sometimes that distract us from what God wants for us. Anything can be a distraction if it keeps you from God, whether good or bad. Look at the definition of a distraction. It's a pulling apart or separating a drawing of the mind in different directions. A pulling apart. Do you know that every force in hell is trying to pull you apart? Trying to distract you? Trying to divide your heart? Trying to discourage your soul and disengage your faith? The devil wants you living distracted. He doesn't want you getting a hold of God. He doesn't want you living in his promises. He doesn't want you living in your purpose. He wants you distracted. Bible describes him as a lion seeking whom he may devour, whom he, he may destroy. His strategy is to kill, steal, and destroy. And the door to destroy is through distraction. If he can get you out of your rhythm, if he can get you off your game, if he can get you out of sync and, and get you all thrown off, it might keep you away from God and his purposes. Sometimes it's really subtle. Sometimes you might get distracted and, and it's like, oh, you know, I, I didn't have a quiet time today. Didn't, didn't pray or, or, or spending time reading my Bible. And, you know, and, and that's okay if you get off one track. You know, one day, that's whatever, man, just pick, pick it back up the next day. But oftentimes what happens is, is we end up missing it the next day. And, and, then, and then it's the next day. Before we know it, it's been weeks or even months. It's like, oh my gosh, what's going on in my life? I don't have any joy. I'm, 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 I'm dry. Like, I, I don't know. I, you know, we haven't been spending time. With the Lord. And it's really subtle sometimes. One little distraction can cause a ripple effect in, in our life. But what about missing church? 
That's not going on. I'm like going to church today. Second Sunday comes around. I say, oh, you know, I'm better today. But, and then before you know it, it's like easy to get in that rhythm of not going to church. And, and in the day we're living in, less and less people are going to church. What about compromise? One compromise here. One compromise there. Sin is a slow fade. It's like that big snowball that, that turns into a whole avalanche, right? Learn how to starve your distractions and feed your focus. Our focus needs to be on God. Our focus needs to be Jesus Christ because there is power in his name. That's not just a cute song that we sing. That is real life. There is power in the name of Jesus. Anybody believe that today? There is power in the name of Jesus. And that's where our focus to lie is in Christ, who we are in Christ, who God says that we are and what his purpose is for our life. That's where our focus needs to be. But far too often we are living destructive from that very thing. So in the next few weeks, we're going to go through this series called Dealing with Distractions. I want to help you. If you're distracted, come. Be here every week. Don't get distracted and not come. Like, I want to help you with this. Let's eliminate distractions in our life so that we can be the people God is calling us to be. Uh, if you have your Bible today or some sort of device with the Bible on it, Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, we're going to look at verses 28 through 42. In the days that we are in. Church, we cannot afford to be distracted. We cannot afford to live distracted with everything that's going on around us. Come on, if you're a parent, you can't afford to be distracted. And the kids are a distraction enough sometimes, right? In your marriage, you can't afford to be distracted in your life, in your purpose, in your walk with God. We cannot afford to be distracted. Why? Because life is too valuable, your calling is too great, and God is way too good for us to miss it. Stop living distracted, missing out on what God has in your life. Luke chapter 10, familiar passage. Many of you have probably read this or heard this at some point. It's a story. Luke chapter 10, yeah. Uh, a story of two sisters. I don't know if you have siblings and you understand uh, what that is and what that looks like. But here we have uh, Martha and Mary. Jesus in their home. So let's pick up Luke chapter 10. I think I told you 28. I'm at 38. See how I'm distracted. And if I can be real honest, this morning has been filled with a lot of distractions. But chapter 10 of Luke verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on the way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet. Listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparation that had to be made. And she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you were worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. God, I thank you for your word. I pray that we ever just read it, just to read it, that God, we allow it to penetrate our heart so that it changes us from the inside out. God, we need to be changed, whether we think we do or not. God, we need to constantly be growing, constantly be seeking after you, constantly be focused 
on you, your word, your ways, God, whatever your will is for our life. Lord, help us to not be distracted, God. Let's remove the distractions today, Father, Lord. Lift the veil from our eyes, God, the, the scales from our eyes. God, help us to see you, God, for who you are and who you want us to be. God, help us to star those distractions in our life and feed our focus on you today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So here you got two sisters, right? And, and again, if you've ever been a sibling, you, you know how that kind of is. It's, if you've got kids that, that, that you know, you've got brothers and sisters in the house, like they're always fighting over, oh, well, it's your turn to do the dishes, right? Or, hey, you know, it's your turn to, to take out the trash. I did it last night. It's your turn to feed the dog, right? You know, we, we know how that, that struggle can be. And so maybe you can relate a little bit with Martha and Mary. We all have different personalities. Maybe you've got siblings yourself, and you know, like, you were way different than they are. Some in a good way, some in a bad way, you know. But you can understand and put yourself in, in Martha and Mary's shoes. Here is it. Jesus is in town, right? And, and I don't, I'm not sure whether uh, Jesus was like, yeah, we're near Bethany, and, 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 and this, uh, this is the area where Martha and Mary live, and man, they're really good friends of ours, so we, we need to stop in and, and see him. I don't know if it was like that. I don't, I don't know if it was like, uh, hey, we heard Jesus was in town, and we love Jesus, so Martha, we need to, we need to invite him over to our house and have dinner with him and, and the boys, right? I don't know how it looked. Either way, Jesus is coming over for dinner, right? And, and Jesus comes in and he stops by. And, and Martha has been busy doing all the preparation. Now, I'm sure Mary helped out some. I'm sure she cleaned. Do you have anybody over your house? Irma, I know that's you. You want to make sure things are tidied up and clean. Come on, right? And so I'm sure both of them were busy. But when Jesus got in the building, when Jesus was there, we find Mary at the feet of Jesus. Martha is so busy, she's distracted, she doesn't even get to spend time with Jesus. She's, she's, she's got the casseroles almost done, Ted. Right? It's almost done, it's got a few more minutes left. The cobbler is up on the stove, it's cooling off, it's ready to go. Hey, Jesus, you, you need a refill? See, this was customary. Uh, what, what Martha was doing wasn't wrong, this was custom. This is what, what, what normally would happen if anybody came over. So, so what she was doing wasn't wrong, she was just distracted. Jesus was in the room. And when Jesus is in the room, like that's our attention, that's where our focus, that's where we need to be. But Martha was distracted. She wasn't, I think Martha gets a bad rap sometimes. What she was doing, again, wasn't, wasn't necessarily wrong, but it wasn't what was most important. And thank God for people like Martha. Like the table needs to be set, right? That the preparation needs to be done. I, I can picture Martha. Martha's probably like, hey, we said we're going to eat at 7 o'clock, and that's what time we're eating. I can picture that. That's what. Now, now, I love my in-laws and my wife's family, but when we say, like, 4 o'clock on Thanksgiving Day, Ted, it, it, you don't eat at 4 o'clock. Love, I love your family. Don't get me wrong, but you know how I feel about that. No, we said 4 o'clock. We can eat. I'm hungry. It's Thanksgiving Day. And then, to be honest, it doesn't matter if it's holiday. That's just Anything. There we go. I'm not like salty about it. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine she's like, eat on time. Who says this is the time? This is what we're going to eat. I can imagine she's like, hey, the bills are paid. I, I can imagine she, if, 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 if Martha was living right here, October 2021, I bet she's already started Christmas shopping. Like, that's the type of person that, that I think Martha uh, might be. 
Mary, though, Mary might be the type that comes over for dinner, doesn't bring anything, but has her own Tupperware to take things home. <laughs> y'all know some people like that, don't you? Some of y'all are like that. Especially on Wednesday night, right, Roger? You? But I don't, want, I don't want to talk either one of these. I think there's a, a great lesson that we can learn in this story. Because again, what Martha was doing wasn't wrong, it wasn't bad. She was serving Jesus. She was serving her company. But she was distracted from what was most important. She was doing this bad, it wasn't wrong. It was good, it was okay, but it wasn't best, it wasn't what was most important. So often the most difficult choices aren't between good and bad, but between what's good and best. What's most important. We go through our lives and we've got busy schedules and there's many things that we do, but are we doing what's most important? On a spiritual level or on a non-spiritual level? Like you, you might be going through your day and, and, and somehow or another your phone ends up out in your face like many of us do. Scrolling, liking, tweeting, texting, posting. That's great. It's not necessarily a bad thing in and of itself unless it's taking up your time, but there's things that we put in our day that we just do that maybe aren't the most important. Jesus, in the text, said, Mary has chosen what was better. Mary has chosen what was more important. Uh, Martha, what you're doing is good, but you're getting so upset. You're getting so frustrated. At me. I mean, dude, Martha's like Jesus. And not in a bad way. Like, not, she wasn't blaspheming him. Jesus, wait, will you just... Will you get this girl in here to help me in the kitchen, Miss Evelyn? Like, she straight up didn't care. She called it out. Like, Jesus, it doesn't, it doesn't this bother you? I'm the only one working. Right? Mary. Jesus commends Mary. says she's doing what's most important. We find Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. Jesus was in the room, and Mary's like, I've got to spend time with Jesus. This is how a student would sit at the feet of a rabbi. If a rabbi were teaching, the students would be sitting there at their feet. This was a custom. This was customary for that day and that time. But here's the deal. It would not be women that would be sitting at the feet of a rabbi. Now, don't go stop throwing stuff at me, all you, all you feminists. Type stuff. I'm not, that's not where I'm going with this. Like, I love... I love that, that uh, you know, I'm an equal opportunity person, okay? So don't get mad at me. That was just a custom in the culture, okay? So don't, don't be, that's a really good one. Yes, I'm good. I married one, and I'm very happy with that. <laughs> Ladies, you can vote. You can work in all kinds of jobs. I'm cool with that. But culturally, women wouldn't get this opportunity to sit at the feet of a rabbi, at a teacher. Like, if, they were, if they were going to learn, they would learn at home from their brothers or their dads or, or someone in the family that was male. That was just a custom. That's how it was. Again, don't get mad with me. They would learn from some male in the household. So here it is, this opportunity. Jesus is in the room. Like, Mary's like, I just want to sit at his feet. I just want to spend time. She didn't care what people thought. She didn't care what was customary. In fact, it was likely her that, that had the alabaster jar, you remember that story, that, that poured the expensive perfume and cleaned the feet of Jesus. This was Mary. This was the same. She didn't care about what was customary. 
And if you remember, they complained about that too. They said, oh, this was an expensive jar of perfume. Why are you wasting This was the same thing. Mary didn't care because she just wanted Jesus. And I feel like that's where we need to find ourselves, church. When we come in the room and Jesus is in the room, and it's, that should be our focus. It shouldn't matter what, what type of worship we've got. It shouldn't matter what, what version of the Bible I'm reading from. It shouldn't matter how hot the room is or how cold the room is because there's people in other countries that worship Jesus for hours with nothing. And yet we come in here and we sit on our blessed assurance sometimes and, and we sit back and, and we get so distracted by all the silly little stuff that we miss Jesus altogether. And there's so many of us who come in and we just sit back and we just kind of take it all in. Oh yeah, Jesus. And then we miss Jesus. We, we get so distracted. There's sometimes when Jesus wants to meet with you in your home and, and we're so distracted by, by uh, let's just be on entertainment, television. I'm going to be in football. Like, I get distracted, y'all. Sometimes we just want to sit back and, and go through these things and, and, and our attention needs to be on Jesus. That doesn't mean we can't do things. That doesn't mean we can't spend time with family or spend time doing other things. But our most important thing that we need to be focused on is Jesus. Our relationship with Him. Our purpose in Him. Our identity in Him. Everything that He wants us to do every single day. And so many times we live distracted. Mary. Mary just wanted to be with Jesus. Jesus was in the room. Martha did good. She wanted to serve Jesus, but Jesus said, there's that one thing. That one thing. Check out what the psalmist says in Psalm 27, 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. That one thing. To spend time. With God in his presence. It was that one thing that Jesus told the rich young ruler that he liked. You remember that story? Rich young ruler comes to Jesus and says, hey, listen, Jesus, what can I do to get eternal life? And Jesus is like, you know, follow the commandments. I've been doing that since I was a kid. I, I'm good with that. What else? There's got to be something else. And Jesus says, go sell all your stuff and come and follow me. The Bible says that rich young ruler left away disappointed because he had a lot of things, a lot of wealth. He was not willing to give up. He, he had to give up that one thing. He was distracted by all this stuff. He missed Jesus. That one thing. Jesus invites us to come and have a relationship with him. I was thinking about this during the worship night last night. Not only does Jesus himself invite us, but Jesus himself is an invitation. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only son that who might ever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus himself, without him saying it, is an invitation to come and have a relationship with him. Get them so distracted. There are opportunities to be with Jesus and sometimes we just have other things to do. Jesus sometimes, in our relationship with him, is sometimes just another thing on our list of, of stuff to do. But what he's meant to be is he's meant to be the top priority. He's meant to be our everything, our all in all. He's meant to be the center of it all, and everything else flows from that. But there are opportunities that we get to be with Jesus. There's prayer meetings. There's opportunities for you to join in corporate prayer with other people. There's life groups. We have our last one of, of this particular season is happening tonight. We had a night of worship last night. We had Sunday service, Wednesday night service. There's places for you to serve and get involved. 
There's time during your day, every day. Oh, you know, Pastor, I'm busy. No, there's time. There's time for what we want there to be time for. Every day there is opportunity for us to sit at the feet of Jesus. But sometimes we just have other things to do. Some of them bad, but some of them may be good. But the most important thing is we seek God first. And what we give our attention to gets our affection. What we give our attention to gets our, our affection. Let me say it like this, Matthew 6, 21. For where our treasure is, there our heart is also. We will give attention to what we value the most. So we've got to learn to starve our distractions and feed our focus. Several things that distract us every day. The most common one is probably our mobile devices. Let's be real, let's be honest. On average, one study says we pick up our phone 12, every 12 minutes. Like you, you, you can tell, you can go anywhere. We, we've forgotten how to just sit still. We've forgotten how to sit and talk to people. We've forgotten if, if we don't have anything to do, what do we do? We, we've forgotten how to do that because we have this thing. We have uh, internet at our fingertips. We have uh, you know all kinds of things at our fingertips to entertain us, to keep our attention, to keep our focus. Right? So we spend a lot of time scrolling, texting, watching videos. Looking at TikTok dances, people making a fool of themselves. <laughs> looking at news, looking at emails, playing games, binge watching shows, playing fantasy football. And, and, and unless you think I'm just stepping on your toes, I do all this stuff too. Okay? I'm preaching to myself as well. Much of our time is, is spent doing this. And, and especially with social media, like, like we'll get on there and we'll post things and and, and, and we get a like, and it's like, ooh, I got a like. Ooh, I got 10 likes. I, I, and what, what we don't realize we're doing is there's dopamine being produced in your body. It's a feel-good hormone. I, I'm not talking about drugs. I said dopamine, right? <laughs> it's a feel-good hormone that your body produces. Hey, come on. Come on, young people. When you get that text from your crush, right? Ooh, I got a text from you, you can, dopamine is produced, it's a feel-good hormone. So then we go back to that. And so anytime likes or, or posts, or, or, or some of comments on our staff, like, like we, we get these hints and, and these rushes of, of this feel-good hormone. But guess what happens when we don't experience that? Oh, no one's liking this. Oh, no, how come no one's commenting on my stuff? Oh, hey, they, they're having a party and I, I didn't get invited. And this is why, especially in this generation, a lot of young people are struggling with, with depression because of social media. Because of what it's doing, because that, that's where all of our attention has gone. It could be, be all kind of different things. Like, hey, listen, some of y'all were freaking out the other day because Facebook went down and Instagram went down. And some are like, I don't know what to do. Guess I'll talk to my spouse. Guess I'll play with the kids. Come on, guys, let's go play catch. Some of y'all was freaking out. There's all kind of distractions. I don't mean to just harp on that, but I do because it's a big distraction. We need to learn to treat distractions the same as we do sin. Solomon spoke of the immoral woman in Proverbs chapter 5, verse 8. And I think it's a great metaphor for sin in, in our life. He says, stay away from her. Don't go near the door of her house. When it comes to distractions or, or sin or both, like, don't even get close. And when at all possible, eliminate it from your life. Shut the door to distractions. 
If that means you've got to cancel your Netflix subscription, if you've got to turn off the notifications on your phone, if you've got to turn the Xbox off, whatever it needs to be, we need to cut distraction out of our life so we can focus on the most important thing. And the most important things. Not just, not just God, but your family. The things that we really need to be doing. So what, what is that for you? What, is it, what are those distractions? What are those things that, that, that seem to be taking your focus off the most important thing? Is it your fault? Maybe you need to put that away. Maybe you need to delete some apps off there. If something is tempting you, remove that thing out of your life. Stay away from it. Close the door to that distraction. I mean, you need to get some different passwords on your accounts and give it to someone else so you don't know it, so that keeps you away from whatever that might be. Get rid of it. If it's people in your life that are distracting, you might need to, to cut some ties with some people in your life. If the news is causing you to live in fear, quit watching it. Cut the distraction. If, if your schedule is keeping you from, from your family, if it's keeping you from coming to church, if it's keeping you from spending time with God throughout the week, you might need to reprioritize your life. And I get some people have to work. Oh, I get that. But, but, but there's some things that we allow in our life that maybe need to be reprioritized. If there's a person that's not your spouse that can jeopardize your marriage, stay away. There's so many distractions that we can have in our life that need to be cut out. Close the door to those distractions. Distractions that are in your life that are keeping you from the things of God and the presence of God, they need to be removed. Don't let things distract you from what God has for you. There's things, we are robbing ourselves of some uh, things that God wants to do in our life. His purpose, His plan, little things throughout the day that He's wanting to get your attention. Hello, We're so distracted sometimes. We miss it all together. There's people he wants you to reach. There's things he wants you to do. Martha was distracted by all the preparation. The most important thing was Jesus. We've got to learn how to serve, but also sit at the feet of Jesus. Right? We've got to learn how to do life, but also sit at the feet of Jesus. There are those who may do good, but without God's presence, they're going to find themselves like Martha, and they're going to be frustrated. Right? What we should do, or what we do, should flow from our devotion to God. Right? Good works, check this out. Good works should flow from a Christ-centered life. Good works don't produce a Christ-centered life. Right? And that's why we give in to distraction a lot of time, I think, because we get it twisted. We're trying to live our lives without seeking God first in everything. Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Don't let things distract you from what God has for you. What does God have for you? He's got his presence. He has his presence for you. Listen, when Jesus came and he died and he rose, that, that veil was torn. We, can, we have VIP, you guys are VIP members in the kingdom of God. We have VIP access to the throne room of heaven. We don't access it very much. God's given you his presence. He created us to live in his presence. He 
He's given us His power. He wants us to walk in His power. He wants us to, He's empowered us by His Holy Spirit. He wants us to carry out His purpose. So, so you were created to be in His presence, to operate His power, and carry out His purposes for your life. That's what He has for you. Martha had Jesus in her house, but she was too distracted. He didn't spend time with him. Doing something that was good and necessary, she missed it. Listen, you're supposed to have Jesus in your home. You're supposed to have Jesus in your schools, in your car, when you go to the store. We're supposed to have Jesus in our life, but far too often we're too distracted to even see him. Too distracted to see opportunities, too distracted to avoid temptation, too distracted to walk in his peace, to carry out his purpose, too distracted to just sit at his feet in his presence. I get it. you may have things to do, but the most important thing is Jesus. Martha had some important stuff to do. She missed Jesus. Don't let what's urgent crowd out what's important. Don't let what's urgent crowd out what's important. Worship team, you guys can come up. While Martha was doing something good, something that needed to be done, she missed Jesus altogether. Jesus is the priority. And I'm going to say this strong, and you can be mad at me if you want. you got to uh, forgive me if you want to go to heaven. But listen, you can't say Jesus is the Lord of your life when other things are higher priority. Jesus is meant to be the Lord of our life. But far too often, he's way far down on the list of priorities in our life. Far too often, he's way down on the list of to-dos in, in our schedule. He's meant to be the Lord of our life. And he went to great extremes to make that happen. Jesus gave his life. Jesus shed his blood so that he could be Lord of our life. Like, you ever heard the saying that concentration breeds conformity? When you concentrate on something long enough, you begin to conform to that thing. That's like if you're ever around someone that is very negative. Maybe, maybe where you work, there's like a negative vibe in there. And so negativity, it, it reproduces. Like it, it catches. Like, you know, the same with positivity. You're, if you're in your workplace and you can come in, you can change the atmosphere in the room if you're around it enough. Like if you're around someone enough, you begin to pick up how they speak and some of their habits. But I remember being a kid, and I grew up back in the in the 90s, and I remember back when basketball was really good. Not so much anymore, that's just my opinion. You can like basketball if you want, it's okay. I know you like basketball, Landon, that's okay. You can, you can, you can like it. But man, it was really good back in the day, right, Bob? I know you remember. I know you appreciate it. Man, basketball, and man, I was a huge Michael Jordan fan. He go. I don't care. LeBron, Kobe, they're great. But man, Michael Jordan, the guy, right? And I remember in the 90s, they had this commercial. It was a Gatorade commercial. It was like, 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 I could be like, like. I loved it. Like, I would be out in the yard, and, and, and I didn't have, we like, had a grass yard there. I didn't have, like, a special court thing. I had this rusty with a rim on it that never really had a net, but that was what I had, and I would go, I would play, and I, I couldn't dunk. Man, I'm a white boy, I can't, I can't dunk, man. And, and, and I would go, I would do a layup, and uh, I would have that tongue out, just like my, like my, uh, and I would try to do all those fancy moves. I remember that, but 
that, that, that's what I'm talking about. When, when, when you concentrate on something long enough, you begin to conform that. And, and there were kids growing up that just wanted to be like Mike. It's an example of concentration, breeding, conformity. The truth is, we naturally imitate what we concentrate on. Distractions are a problem because they keep us from concentrating. Especially spiritually speaking. I don't know if you've ever tried to sit down and pray and it's like, it's like everything tries to distract you. Like I've gotten to the point I can't even listen to like regular worship music. It can't have words in it. Really just an instrumental. Because obviously I want to sing along and sometimes when we pray, we just need to sit and listen. Like that's the point of it. I know a lot of times we want to voice our concern and we shouldn't. I know a lot of times we have prayers and petitions that we bring to God, and we should. But sometimes we just need to sit and listen to what God has to say. This communication is a two-way street. I feel like a lot of times we walk away from prayer and we miss the most important part. Is sit and listen and hear what God has to say. But if we can be real honest, and, and me, I, I, I get so distracted sometimes. I sit there and I'm trying to clear my mind, trying to focus on God, and I think about something I need to do. So I've got to where I have a pen and paper, and if I think of what to do, I'll write it down. Or a lot of times I like to come in here when nobody's in here and just pray. But then, Billy, you know how it goes. You look up and say, oh, man, I need to paint that spot right there. Oh, man, there's a light out. Oh, man, this needs attention. Or, or I'm like, oh, look, at, oh, man, I can do something cool up on the stage. Like, all these little stupid bumps. And there's a lot of things that we get distracted with. Even just trying to sit down. Distractions are a problem because they keep us from focusing on the right things. What are you concentrating on today? What or whom are you worshiping? Is it technology? Is it a career? Is it busyness? Is it sin in your life that needs to go? Is it words? Is it your past? How does your life reflect the value of putting God first? How does your life reflect that? Where, where, where are your thoughts going? Bible tells us that we can take every thought captive and submit it to Christ. Where are your thoughts going? Where, where do you need to come in and make some changes and shift some things in your life and reprioritize? What, what do you need to do to, to see to it that God is first and foremost in your life? Is there anything in your life that has become a God? Anything that we put above God becomes our God. Whether that's money, Possessions, people, hobbies. Those things are good and great in of themselves, but when we start to put them above God, they become our God. That's why people, that's why they say that money is the number one thing in contention with our heart. Right? And that's why some people struggle with tithing and giving in churches because that's, that's their God. What is it that has become? What has your focus? We want to starve our distractions and feed our focus. Our focus needs to be Jesus. And I get there's all kinds of things that come in and, and, and try to get us off track. The enemy tries to, to get our minds off track. Our focus needs to be Jesus. Listen, giving our hearts to him, giving our lives, giving our devotion to him, it's more than just repeating a prayer. It's more than a one-time deal. It's a daily, everyday submitting to Him. Every day seeking out Him. Every day sitting at His feet. Just like Mary. As we get ready to close here in just a few moments, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'd love to 
pray with you about that. We have our prayer team will be up here in just a few moments that would love to pray with you about anything, but especially if you want to give your life to Christ. Maybe there's some things that have been distracting you. We'd love to give you an opportunity to accept Him in your life. We're going to worship one more time together. But as we get ready to close, I was thinking about there's this story of this, this man. He's, he's got a big family. There's a family of six, and he is wife and their kids, they go to these uh, one of these amusement parks, these theme parks, right? And they go, you know how it goes to these amusement parks, you go there and you sit in line, you're going to wait, you're going to wait for this ride, you're going to wait for that ride. They get there about noon and they, they stay until about midnight, right? And, and, and during one of the, the, the rides, you're sitting there in this line and they're waiting about 45 minutes to an hour in these lines, and he, he just stops and he begins to think about it. It's like, man, it costs a lot of money to come into this park. And, and come on, if you're a dad, you're, you're, you know how that is. Like, that's just, this is what I think. Like, man, we're going to spend all this money in this park. We're going to get everything we can out of this, right? But I don't want to pay a whole lot of money just to sit and wait in a line. You know, I'm just, this is me, but it happens. So this is dad, he's thinking about all this stuff, and he's like, man, we we're going to be here 12 hours. We're standing in line 45 minutes to an hour for a 90-second ride. Okay? So he starts to put things together. He starts to, to do some that. He's like, man, we, we're spending a lot of money. We're here 12 hours, 45 minutes to an hour. Wait. 90 seconds to ride. That's, that's 10 rides for 15 minutes worth of entertainment. It's crazy, right? Now, the, the park, the park is constructed things so that, that there's TVs everywhere, there's TVs in the room, there's games, there's activities, so, so they can sit there and watch cartoons on the TV, they can play games in these lines, so it distracts them for how long they gotta wait in this line, and how long they, how much they pay for, for just this 90 second ride, just these 10 rides, just 15 minutes of entertainment. But this dad, you're gonna think through this, and he's doing the math, and he's like, man, place is robbing me. I paid all this money for 15 minutes worth of entertainment. This place is robbing me. We left the park that day. His family had just an amazing time. So they didn't really even think about it anymore. It took their mind off of what happened. And the park knew what they were doing. They knew that they were robbing people that way. But that's exactly what Satan does in our world. He's got us looking at games and cartoons and all kinds of things to distract us from the fact that he's robbing us. And our world doesn't even understand or see its condition. There's people unaware they're being entertained right into the gates of hell. They're without God, they're without hope. And the church is given in this sometimes too. We can be robbed of our power, our purpose, our joy, God's presence, and we don't even realize it sometimes because we're so distracted. So whether in the church or outside of the church, guess what? God has made a way for us to focus on Him. It's through Jesus. It's through Jesus' blood. It's through His death. It's through His resurrection so that now we can have access. We can have focus. Our attention can be on everything that God wants us to be. So what has you distracted today? might be different for every person, but, but what has your attention today? Here's the deal. We can respond one of two ways. We can
can live distracted or we can learn to start sitting at the feet of Jesus. You can be like Martha. You can be like Mary. Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. If you'd like more info about our church, if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry here at Transforming Life, go to www.tlchurchpc.com. If you haven't been to our church yet, we would love to meet you. Come by for a life-changing experience. God bless.